This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matatek, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Simmons, uh, and normally I'm joined by Josh uh, Matatek, but this week I'm just going to run solo. Uh, he did a couple for me, and he needed a week off this week, so I'm actually going to run on a solo episode this week, which I'm actually super excited about because we're going to talk about building your website and kind of the approach that you need to be building your website. This is actually a part three in our series um, that we've been running every other week. Uh, the first week is was my first uh, studio. So in building your, out, your first home studio or your home studio setup, whatever that might look like for you. I went through a couple of things with that. And then the second one was my first recording session. Uh, my first session uh, talked about approaches for, you know, gaining your first client, uh, talking with friends and things like that, but also approach into the mindset on producing the mindset on making people feel comfortable, the approach in the studio of like etiquette and things like that. Uh, and today we're going to wrap this series, this trilogy series up with my first website. And so let's talk about your website. Your website, I, I think personally, is extremely important for not necessarily the way websites traditionally used to be used. Uh, websites traditionally were for, uh, you know, people would Google search you and your website is you know, would be one of the things that would come up. You would use SEO to make your website a thing that would come up first. And people would find you through kind of that way, which still happens for sure. That is one of the ways that people find uh, kind of what they're looking for, especially in our situation where people might just Google uh, studio Greenville, South Carolina, or Studio Atlanta, Georgia, whatever that might you know look like, recording studio, what wherever you're living at, um, that does happen. But depending on what you do, that might not necessarily be where the best clients are going to come from. The now, if you're a mastering engineer, you like you want a mass volume of clients, you want a bunch of clients coming through. I would not I would say that that is probably more of what you're looking for as well as what we're about to talk about which is more of the social media side of things. I would your website needs to be a snapshot of you and your brand. So your website maybe in your Instagram needs to be under your profile or uh in your Twitter, you know, in your in your profile on Twitter, uh, if that's something that you use, or in Facebook, have it readily available, easy to find, um, whether it's a comment, 
uh, under posts that you make regarding, you know, your music production or whatnot, uh, or in your uh, bio and description, uh, depending on kind of what you're, what you're doing there. I think if you're more of a songwriter, this is a little less applicable for you. So this is really more toward gaining towards my, uh, my producers and my mix engineers and my mastering engineers, uh, and tracking engineers, you know, the people that are getting hired more so, uh, to work on an individual thing rather than partner up more songwriters are more partnering up with alongside people to help them create a thing. Um, and the others do that too, more so, but they're they're more so coming in as the as the expert on finalizing a certain part of the process, whether that be getting really good tracking, whether that be helping produce out the song and taking it further or mixing or mastering and finalizing the actual song in its totality. Um so website let's let's think about it in terms of a snapshot of who you are or who what your business is. We talked a little bit about branding and business modeling in the second episode. Um and I'm going to go into a little bit more about that. So if you chose to go kind of the route that we mentioned which was brand yourself, brand yourself, brand your content as yourself, brand yourself as the creator of the thing that you do, whether whatever it might may be. So we're going to talk about this in a couple different parts. Um, and I am going to kind of go through it, we'll say in five sections. All right. So let's get into the first five, first one of the five sections. Number one, the verbiage of your website. So we're not, uh, you'd be surprised that, you know, branding and stuff like that is not the first thing. Most definitely not. I think that can kind of come and go and change as you feel like, you know, whatever may fit you, but your verbiage on your website is extremely, extremely important. All right. So we're talking about the way you speak, you may, for instance, Mark Eckert is a really good example. Mark Eckert knows his client. If you want to check out his website, uh, go to markeckert.com uh, or go to thatpitch.com and you can check out their website. Like they are very well-spoken in terms of they are speaking directly to their ideal client. You want your verbiage to be so clear with who you're targeting, that it actually turns people away that aren't your ideal client. So that might be a little confusing to you. But you don't necessarily want everybody. At least, you know, at the point that you're starting to build a website and you're starting to take this really this seriously, you don't want everybody and their grandmother to be talking to you about um, oh, well, I play a piano and I'd like to do a song. You you want, depending on what, what you're aiming for, a certain type of clientele, and maybe that is your clientele. But the same person that wants, you know, people that are writing their first song, first ever time in the studio, 
don't necessarily want the same person as a person whose ideal client is, you know, somebody looking for label work or um, even genre wise, it looks different. Uh, if we look at a website like, uh, so Brian Hood's website, 456 Recording is, is very geared towards more of the rock and metal side. He uses those verbiage. He uses verbiage like heavy. He talks about tone. He talks about slam, slamming drums. Um, all of that is very much verbiage geared towards that pocket and subculture of music, the more rock and metal, metalcore style of music. Whether Whereas you look at somebody like my website my website is geared more towards people that are younger in their career not necessarily just a specific genre like brian's is my website is geared a little bit more towards um, me coming alongside you and helping you create the sound so i use i use the terminology um it's it's your sound all i'm doing is help you have it fully realized so it's not me taking over and doing a bunch of stuff it is me coming alongside you and helping you grow in a way i feel like and i feel like that is something that a lot of first time people that are first time in the studio don't necessarily i have a lot of like have a lot of hesitation about is they feel like they're going to get bombarded or they're going to get they're going to get thrown into the deep end in these uh kind of scenarios and I just want to, with my through my verbiage of my website, kind of convey a sense of uh, familiarity and a sense of comfortability. Uh, and I kind of do that with my color scheme as well. I use a lot of blues and grays, very neutralish, cool colors. Um, so I've kind of thought about that from a not only from a verbiage, but from a color standpoint. But we're more so talking about the verbiage. So. In your mind right now, think about who your ideal client is, whether it's somebody in a band, whether it's a solo artist, or whether it's a church. Regardless of what it is, those, those whoever your ideal client is has a specific idea of who they're looking for, and you need to talk and be the person that they are looking for. So that's number one is verbiage. Number number two, talking about clarity on your website. So this is similar to verbiage, but it's a little little different. Verbiage is how you speak, and then the clarity of your website is what you are saying on your website. So let's go through a couple things with that. Uh, firstly, what exactly are you offering? Uh, what what are you doing? Are you are you mixing? Are you mastering? Are you doing both? Are you recording, songwriting, producing, whatever? I would say do pick three of whatever you do. Um, I personally advertise, I advertise uh, production, like songwriting and production, you know, together because I do that with people. Um, I offer mixing. And I also offer um, additional synth productions for artists or bands that may want, you know, a little extra in their songs. 
those are the three things that I offer really production or co-producing songwriting stuff, uh, mixing and additional synth production. That is all very consistent across all the things that I do. Um, but I, what I don't have is vocal editing, drum editing, mastering, recording. Um, I don't know, vocal alignment, uh, specifically beat making, even though I do all of these things, um, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily need to advertise all of those things because not all of those things are what I want to do. What I want to do really is I want to mix bands. I want to mix artists that I think are sick. I want to add additional production flair to people's songs. And I want to come alongside and help make people's songs better through co-producing. I do all of the things and I'm capable of doing all the things. And I get hired to do all of those other things all the time. But it's not something that I want to push. It is something that I have as a baseline that... When we get down to the bottom of our website, into the form, it is on the form as a part of as an option of something that people can choose. So now we're going to move to the next part of the clarity. So how do they know you're good at what you do? There's a couple of different ways to kind of do this. Um, you can have a portfolio. You can have, which is probably the main way, um, a good portfolio is going to win you a client every single time. And if they're on, you know, kind of on the fence after listening to your portfolio that is kind of geared towards your ideal client, you can also have reviews. You can have reviews and you can set it up where, you know, you have a picture of the person or the band or the record that you worked on and have the review right next to it and have it on a scrolling bar on your website so people can see, you know, that you work with people, that people like working with you in whatever capacity that they worked with you in. Um, I think, you know, qualifying that is going to help people want to give you their time and their money. Uh, and then after that, what steps do they need to take? I have just a simple form that kind of walks them through steps. And I'm I'm kind of pointing to that form throughout my website. You can also set up something like a literal step-by-step section of your website. Uh, ha- have a section that says, here's how it works. And then you say... You know, especially if I'm going to use mixing as an example because this is, you know, pretty a pretty easy way to explain it. You know, here's how it works. Uh, step one, you send me your stems. Step two, I process and uh, mix them. And then step three, I send back a final mix that's ready to go. And it just kind of clear, it kind of like, you know, clears the any uh, questions that they might have as far as the process. And if they have any like more specific questions, uh, as far as those three things go, they can ask you in their in the form. But I think you know, just giving something that kind of takes a lot of the mystery out of it will help people be more confident in like choosing you as a person to work with. So, just to kind of go through that, we said, "What are you offering? 
how do, how do you, they know that you're good at what you do? So providing some sort of portfolio and maybe even combining that with reviews or uh, blurbs from people that you worked with in the past and then giving specific uh, directional steps of what they need to take, whether that's pointing directly to a questionnaire across the website or having a literal section of your website dedicated to explaining the process, depending on what you do, obviously. All right. So number three, number three, we're going to create an irresistible offer. And this is kind of where a couple other things come into play here, but we're going to go to the, and I think, I think a lot of people kind of know about this, but, um, we're going to look at offering free test mixes, free test masters, some kind of valuable content, or maybe even, maybe even like a review of, of a song or something like that. We'll get into a couple different things, but give, giving them something that is kind of like a no brainer. The, I do this too. I do test mixes all the time. Uh, I don't necessarily do free work for my post-production additional production work or my songwriting stuff because it's kind of, you know, there's no way to kind of do free work those ways. But I can kind of talk about what I what I do for those things in a minute. Uh, but as far as the mixing goes, I do offer free test mixes. And then the way I do it, uh, and I know a couple of people that offer free test masters and they and I all kind of approach it a similar way, which is we get, you know, the items from them. We do the mix or the master. And then we use something like I use file pass uh, where we can put it behind a paywall and they can stream it super high quality and they can hear it all. They can listen to it in a bunch of different, you know, places. I hear a real finalized mixed or master from you um, without you necessarily having to give them a total free. You, basically, you're just giving them your time at that point. And what I found is if you can get, if you can get them as a, an artist or a band to get a free test mix or master from you. I've had pretty, it's about 50, 50 for me, uh, about half the time. If, if somebody's willing to do a test mix with me, then I can win the project. Um, so back, uh, sorry, I kind of got ahead of myself, but the, you put it behind the paywall on something like file pass or, you a locked Dropbox link or something where they can't download the file and say, cool, I'm gl I'll gladly do a test mix or master for you. Uh, and if you like it, you can pay for it. You can pay to download it. And I feel like that's super fair. You know, it kind of eliminates some of the worry from them because they're not having to invest in it up front, especially if they're like newer to the recording thing and they're not 100% sure what to expect and they don't want to get ripped off and you don't want to work with a terrible client it also kind of saves your butt a little bit because if they end up being 
you know, a terrible client to work with and they just have mixed notes after mixed notes and they're like, you know, or the stems are terrible and you think you may want to work on it. And then after going through and actually digging into it, you just find that you're, you know, it may not, they may not be ready to work with you or you may not be able to actually do what they're looking for well. Um, so then you don't have to give any money back. You can just say, I don't think I'm going to be a good fit for this project. Um, so in a first scenario, it's actually, it actually works out really, really well until you get uh, kind of confident in what you're doing or, you know, a bu- get a bunch of records under your belt. Uh, so offering a free t- test mix and test master, I think is a very good way to get your foot in the door with a lot of different people. Um, another thing that, oh, another way you can create some sort of free thing or irresistible offer or something like that, it's creating some sort of content. So, uh, you know, we kind of do this with this podcast. This is kind of a one way that me and Josh like to, you know, provide some valuable content, but we also, also just genuinely love helping people. And this is, that's something else that you kind of need to think about is, doing it from a place of genuine wanting to see people grow and help people grow. Um, it's going to come across a lot more genuine anyway, but then, you know, doing it to try and get an angle and get money. That's kind of sleazy. I think you approaching content from a place of genuine wanting to see these people win alongside you is, going to just come across, like I said, come across a lot more genuine and also just do a lot better and you're going to have more fun doing it. So, you know, like this podcast that we do, we love seeing people grow. This is kind of a piece of content for us that we love to do. Uh, On top of that, you could do things like create cool TikTok videos or Instagram reels where, and this is a good way that I kind of do a couple things here and there to showcase my production and skills for the other two things that I offer is I create cool little videos on, Hey, I'm, I made this snare out of a ukulele sound and it sounds super cool. I have a TikTok that I made and an Instagram reel that I made based off that. Um, and it, you know, did okay. Did pretty well. Was a cool piece of content for people to be like, Oh, that's a really cool idea. Um, puts you in front of people a little more, shows them that you're creative. Um, Another way is to, if you're a songwriter, you know, show like write a chorus or something and maybe post that. Um, if you're a mixing engineer, a, a way to do a piece of content outside of a mix or a free test mix or master is to provide some sort of mixing tip or mastering tip, like guide or walkthrough or. Uh, here's how I mixed the drum sounds on this song. And I thought it was really cool because it was a very interesting situation. Kind of help people learn that way. Providing that educational side of things uh, and like showing people that you do know how to do what you're doing. And you may even answer some questions that people are going to have before they even get to talking to you. but also it could show people that 
you know what you're doing more likely better than they do. And they may be mixing in, they may be like have a mixing engineer in the band or the artist might be trying to mix their own stuff and they might stumble across your content and be like, well, this guy is doing exactly what I want. He, I, this is exactly how I want it to sound. I'm getting frustrated trying to mix my own stuff. I'm just going to get this guy to mix it. And I feel like that's, that's a very casual grassroots way of connecting some clients to you in a way that kind of just, you know, it's a very widely cast net. It may do nothing, but it also could do something and you don't really know, but also creating content is just kind of good for your brand on top of that. Um, I think we're going to end up doing an episode later on content creation as a, uh, as a producer or a mix engineer and a freelance audio person. Um, so yeah, that's the third thing. Create some sort of irresistible offer where it's free test mix master or some sort of content for people to consume or download or learn from. Um, number four, understand the, the, mindsets of the people that you're advertising to. So there's kind of two mindsets here. You have the active search mindset and the passive mindset. So you have an active mindset and a passive mindset. So we're going to talk about the active one first. So active mindset means that they are searching. So they're the people that are, you know, looking through five or six different mixing engineers and sending out a bunch of emails out. They're in an active search. They are ready to book now, or they are about to go into their, you know, they're about to go into the recording process or they are just coming out of the recording process and they are ready to lock you in now. So we kind of need to be, um, kind of have it set up our website set up to, Go and have your systems in place so that you can take advantage of those people being ready to book so that you don't fall behind and your stuff doesn't get it doesn't get lost in the shuffle and you come back to it two weeks later and they've already hired somebody. Um, and we'll talk about systems a little bit later, but this is just kind of thoughts that you need to keep in mind while you're building your website. Um, making you know for those that do have a sense of urgency kind of speak to that sense of urgency maybe in a way with some of your verbiage or uh maybe offering like a quicker turnaround for a higher price or something like that um so that's the active side of things or they're in passive mode they're this kind of the um this is kind of the the casual people that are just browsing through Instagram and find your or find your TikTok that you have made or your reel or they come across you because you're a mutual friend and they're just kind of looking through whatever or then you make a piece of YouTube content that does pretty well and they kind of find you through some recommended videos and they may not have anything ready to go or they may have just finished um those people are still super super valid and the way, and say they've come to your website, the way that you keep track of those people is something called a Facebook pixel. So 
it's for future use. You, it's in, under the Facebook. If you just type in Facebook business pixel in Google, it'll come up and you can set it up on your, uh, on your, via your, you know, Facebook business manager side of uh, Facebook. I don't know if a lot of people know that that exists, but there's a business manager side of Facebook where it kind of helps you with the ad ads size and side and the, um, you know, running some of the page business aspects, but a, this is kind of the, this is also the fifth thing, the pixel, um, kind of talking in tandem with, you know, the passive people, but those, you know, you want to be able to speak to those people that are very casual. That's where a lot of your content's going to come in handy is getting a lot of people in those passive modes that are just kind of browsing or whatever the active people, you know, you're, if they're on your website, you need to make sure that you can get them to that form and get them into your inbox. The passive people, it's a little, it's a little different approach. You're kind of playing more of a long game with them in the passive approach. They're finding you and they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't really have anything or we just finished recording our record. It's our, it like just released or something like that. And you may meet some people that, you know, at a show or something like that, that they've already got a guy and cool, that's fine. And then they look you up and you kind of stay in their circle and they may go on your website and look at, you know, some of the stuff that you've done. When it comes around to the next time, you want to make sure that your content is getting in front of them pretty consistently as much as you can um, by using this Facebook pixel. And you can, when you run targeted ads, you can run targeted ads to the people that have visited your website. That's how a lot of times when you visit a website and then you go to Facebook and you'll see an ad pop up for that website, like for the next three months, that's what that is. It's reading. It's got a pixel on there that reads your IP. And then when you go to your Facebook, it just presents you with that ad on there. And it's the same for Instagram because Facebook now owns Instagram that whenever you go to Instagram, it will present to it will present you with an ad from that website because of the Facebook pixel. This is super cool way to keep yourself in front of a bunch of different people at one time on top of your consistent follow-up and your content posting or whatever it may be, or you being a part of whatever scene that you might be in if you're in the hardcore scene or the pop scene in your local area or the indie scene in your local area, going to shows, things like that. Keep yourself in front of people on top of that. If they've gone to your website, having that Facebook pixel run your content or your ads in front of them, keeping you top of mind, that's the key word, top of keeping you top of mind, making sure that the next time that those passive people are become active people, when those passive people become active people, they're looking at you because you've been in front of them the whole time. You've been providing that content, you've been providing a value in some way, um, or you've just been talking to them at shows, hanging out, you know, grabbing a drink together, whatever you may have become like, you know, scene friends or whatever it may look like for you. I think that is a huge, huge thing for you to think about when you're approaching your website. Uh, And outside of that, uh, we kind of talked about those five things 
right there. You know, the Facebook pixel pixel being the last thing kind of pairing with the mindset part. Uh, I feel like people kind of get caught up in the, in the, Oh, my brand has to look good and my colors have to look awesome. And yeah, that while that's super true, you should definitely, before you even start building your website, have your brand in mind, go ahead. And if you need to talk to somebody that works with branding or that does graphic designer can help you build, you know, your logo and all your color scheme for your brand and all that kind of stuff, help you with banners and everything. And then you go into something like Wix or Squarespace or whatever you want to use, whether you want to hire somebody or not. Uh, When you get to that, then you're going to want to start thinking about the things that we've been talking about today. The verbiage on your website, you know, making sure that that is speaking to the right kind of person, Uh, making sure what you're saying with that verbiage, the clarity of your website is clear. Be clear about what you're offering. Make sure they know what you can do. Make sure they know what steps they need to take. On top of that, within your website, creating more content or offering that free test mix or test max master, uh, having something free that they can download, like a PDF of ways to export their their stems or uh, common cleanup practices for vocals or guitars, you know, kind of making, it'll actually end up making your job easier, but also teaching the people that you're, that you're trying to get to hire you, I think is a cool thing that I, this actually works for me a lot. And then we start looking into the mindset of those people and those active and passive modes. Well, if they're active, you need to make sure that all of the things that we talked about previously are sending them into that, into that bottom of your website where your form is and making sure that they are getting not distracted by any other stuff on your website. You're providing value and you're providing information, but you're not sending them away from the website. That's key. Um, That's actually something that I meant to talk about. Don't use Spotify in your, you can use Spotify as far as having a portfolio built out in Spotify. I do that. I have a playlist that's, you know, a bunch of stuff that I've worked on that I'll share to my Instagram every now and again. But on your website, having a baked in playlist that that doesn't take them away from the website so that that way they can listen to it, keeps them there because if they leave your website, they're going to get really distracted and they're probably not going to come back or they, if it's going to be a while before they do come back and they might forget about you completely. So keep that portfolio playlist or whatever it may look like for you on your website. Any music videos, embed them into your website so they can see them. Uh, That's a really cool way to kind of keep people there, but also show people what you do. And then so all of that constantly directing those active people down into your into your form and getting them into your inbox so you can start that conversation or the passive mode people you know getting them to your website however it may look with your content or friends or building relationships via just over the internet or in person whatever that might look like and getting them to your website so that you can start the process of putting yourself in front of them constantly 
And whenever they become an active searcher, that you're the one that they go to first, or you're one of the first five people that they go to, to look for, to ask for that mix, to ask for that production, to, you know, ask for that song writing session or whatever. Uh, so yeah. And using that Facebook pixel to your advantage, the tool is there. It's free. Why the heck not? Would you? And most, I'm pretty sure all I know Wix does, and I'm pretty sure Squarespace does as well. And any website designer could help you put it on a custom website. Uh, Installing those things are super easy. There's a step-by-step guide on Facebook in the business portal to help you do use that. Um, So yeah, I know this is kind of a short one. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much (laughs) on that. Uh, So I just wanted to say, Well, thank you for listening. And uh, I know it was kind of a short one, um, but thanks for coming to hang out and talking about this and kind of finishing up this series. This is a really good conversation. It's a conversation that we don't get to talk about too much. You know, website stuff is kind of a pretty straightforward thing, but a lot of people don't think about the things that we just talked, that I just talked about. Um, I say we a lot because I'm used to having another person here, but yeah, a lot of the stuff that I just kind of mentioned, a lot of people don't think about when talking about their website, you know, the verbiage that that you use. Um, I think it's super cool and very important. It's a very good conversation to have. So if you guys have any questions about any of that kind of stuff, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm at music by Drew, D-R-U is my Instagram uh, or www.musicbydrew.com if you want to see my website. It's not kind of made this conver- this preparing for this episode has kind of made me rethink a couple things that I want to do on my website but uh I'm pretty happy with this so far it's pretty it's pretty well done I just need to kind of touch it up and update it a little bit um but yeah if you got any questions feel free to reach out uh, I'd love to talk love to just kind of you know chill with people in the in the home studio hangout community and discuss nerdy things like approach to website design and things like that. Um, So if you're new here, thanks for coming and checking it out. Uh, This isn't normal, but you know, this is every now and again, we're probably going to do some solo episodes like this throughout the summer. So I'm excited for those. Uh, We have a, a bunch of really cool things coming up. We have a couple book things that we're going to do uh, as far as like reviews and talking about books. We have a couple other mindset things we're going to talk about. Uh, me and Josh are working on a couple great interviews with some people and some friends of ours and some newer people that we don't super know, but have you know said they would be on the show, which is super exciting. I'm very, very excited about that. So, but in the meantime, thanks for hanging out with me today. I'm Andrew Simmons signing out. See ya. That's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you aren't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It helps the show grow and get out to new people so they can grow with us. If you haven't already, check us out on our YouTube channel. You can find us there by searching Home Studio Hangout in the search bar on YouTube. And without further ado, keep on creating. Have a great week.